Welcome to 7 by 35 the podcast where each journey tells a story. I'm your host, Daphne Clark, and together we will explore the seven continents of the world and my seven pillars of wellness that help me create a life full of joy, peace, and fulfillment. So whether you're seeking adventure in the vast corners of the earth or in the depths of your soul, you're in the right place. Every episode is a step towards understanding, a guide to finding your own path, and a celebration of the beauty of our world. So let's embark on this journey together. Welcome back to 7 by 35. I'm your host, Daphne, and I am incredibly excited about this week's episode. The anticipation has been building, and I've been eager to sit down and dive into today's topic because we're exploring something truly extraordinary. Taking the leap to start something you're passionate about. And I know everyone talks about following your passion, but This discussion isn't going to be about leaving your nine to five job behind. I often hear stories from influencers about quitting their jobs to travel the world, work independently and live their dream life. That path isn't feasible for everyone. Let's be real. That's not gonna be everyone's reality. The reality for most of us includes continuing our nine to five jobs while figuring out how to weave our passions into our daily lives. I've had friends express that they don't necessarily want to leave their nine to five. Instead, they want to find ways to do more of what they love. The real question we should be asking ourselves is, how can I add more to my life? How can we introduce more peace, joy, fulfillment, and purpose without thinking about what we need to remove? Naturally, as we progress, some things may fall away, but... The focus shouldn't solely be on quitting our jobs or shedding responsibilities that consume our time and energy. Instead, we should consider how we can embrace and integrate our passions into our existing lives. I'm just saying, I'm doing it so it's possible. (laughs) Last week, I talked about Ikigai. It's that Japanese concept, which means a reason for being. Now, It's about finding joy in life through purpose. And I'm bringing this up again because this is one of the things I'm starting in 2024. The last episode I went through what I'm leaving in 2023, what I'm taking with me, and then what I'm starting in 2024. Since this is something I'm focusing on, you're going to hear about it. But last week, I asked you a few questions to begin your own personal journey to discover how to take the first steps towards achieving Ikigai. And this week, I'm going to be using guided imagery to help you take the next steps towards what makes you truly happy, be it a hobby, a side project, or an idea you've been nurturing in your heart. But before we delve into our guided imagery practice, I want to share something deeply personal. My journey with panic attacks and anxiety. More importantly, I want to explore how our bodies respond to stress and what happens during a panic attack. It is not as simple as saying, it's all in your mind, Daphne, or Daphne, you just have to believe and pray more. Yes, faith and prayer and meditation helps on an insurmountable level, but there is also a science to this. I am a huge proponent in having faith and therapy together. Having one or the other only gets you so far. You need the faith, but you also need the therapy. You need 
someone who understands the science and the physiology behind how you feel and your trauma and what you're working and dealing with. It's been the best form of growth and enlightenment by adding therapy to my faith and my beliefs. Now, I talk about the science and the physiological processes that affect our body because what exactly happens when we are stressed and when we are anxious? Everyone I talk to talks about, I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm so anxious. Like I I can't go left or right. I don't know what to do. The first step to that answer is actually just understanding what's happening to your body. And to understand this, let's talk about our nervous system, particularly the autonomic nervous system. This plays a crucial role in how we experience stress and anxiety. And I really geek out on this stuff because we had to learn and understand when I was in school as a music therapist, you have to understand not just the emotions and the feelings, but how that impacts your body and vice versa, because there is a connection here. Now, back to the science. Our autonomic nervous system has two main components, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. Think of the sympathetic nervous system as the body's gas pedal. When you're stressed or in danger, it kicks into gear, triggering the fight or flight response. I'm sure you've heard of this. This response is designed to protect us, preparing the body to either fight off a threat or flee from it. During this fight or flight response, several things happen in our body. Your heart rate increases, your breathing becomes faster and shallower, and your muscles tense up. Adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormones, flood your system, giving you a burst of energy and strength. Sounds cool, right? Like some of the Marvel characters. But there's another crucial response that our bodies can default to in times of stress or danger. The freeze response. Think of it as the body hitting the pause button. This is also an evolutionary defense mechanism. Much like fight or flight, but instead, the body freezes or immobilizes. It's as if you're playing dead in the face of a predator. The freeze response can occur when we perceive a threat as too overwhelming or when we feel like fight or flight isn't an option. Now, this brings back some not-so-fond memories of my first trip to Costa Rica, a beautiful country. I've been there a couple times But a couple years ago, I needed to take my annual solo mental health trip. Once a year, in the first half of the year, I take a solo trip. It's just something that's become a part of my wellness plan for myself. It's very important. But back to Costa Rica. I stayed in a beautiful, beautiful hostel in Monteverde. In Monteverde, there's the rainforest and you're literally at the top of the rainforest because I remember I would wake up or it'll be when the sun's going down and I'll open my window and I could just see the clouds swaying by my front door the clouds literally the cloud forest it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's serene I was like oh this is perfect this is exactly the environment and atmosphere and peace oh the ability to take a deep breath and breathe in fresh air it was going great 
it was it was awesome I was so so zen my room was awesome like I even met someone there and we became like best friends for a couple days and then at night things happen the freaks come out at I you know that song but I'm talking about monkeys they come out at night and someone must have fed them at some point in their lives because I would literally hear them just running across the top of my room and I hear them knocking over nuts and acorns or whatever just everything coming down my first night I get into bed lights off got my little white noise on and I'm ready to get some rest like five minutes goes by I'm falling into a deep sleep and I hear something open my window. So the windows in Costa Rica are a little different in some places. It's not like a up and down shut window. I don't know the technical term for that. It's like there's these plastic slats, you want to call them, and you kind of open them and close them with a little handle. There's no way to lock it closed, you know? So when I was about to start dreaming, I hear something come through my window. Immediately, my heart races. Like it's about to jump out of my chest because I'm thinking, what the heck is that? I know you can open it from the outside, but nobody is going to be able to fit through that. Like nothing large or even medium-sized is going to fit through. And I hear something pitter-patter over to my desk. And on my desk, I have my backpack open. I have the backpack zip up and close, kind of like a suitcase. And I hear like this wrestling. And I'm like, this monkey came in here and is trying to rob me of my protein bars out of my backpack on my desk that is next to the window. First of all, the protein bar is wrapped. It is zipped into my backpack. So how they even knew or could smell, I don't know. But he went right towards it and I just hear Russell, Russell, Russell for like, I'd say at least like one minute, maybe a minute and a half. Like it was trying to get in. It couldn't see the zipper to open it or maybe they just weren't, you know, at that level of a monkey yet. But I'm frozen. I can't even move. I couldn't scream. And because I couldn't scream, that just freaked me out even more because I'm like, I really, I can't do anything to help myself right now so <laughs> I was like what the heck is going on why can't why can't I scream or fight something I thought it was fight or flight I'm doing neither of these so finally I get enough control of my body to make a big move and a big rustle and I immediately just went towards my shoes my phone my room key and ran out the door and that's when I went to security security came through monkeys weren't there and that's the other thing how they were able to get out of my room that quickly for a moment I was like did I dream this and I'm like no absolutely not because that freeze that moment of freeze my first experience with freeze there was no way my mind was making that up because that was so <laughs> It was crazy. And the next morning I saw the text messages because, you know, you had to reach the employees via WhatsApp to communicate after hours. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's a monkey in my room. And I know they probably thought I was crazy, but also, no, you live here. You're from here. 
this isn't surprising. It can't be. But yeah, the next morning I was like, no, that really happened. Mm. So I was supposed to stay there a week. I lasted two nights, but I did go to another little hotel. It was still at the top of the forest. He saw the clouds go by and it was just more secure for me. Now, I know that that was a real thing because when I went back to Costa Rica with friends last year, we went to Manuel Antonio, which is gorgeous, really nice little town on the the western coast. So we stayed in a little house that was like the furthest into the rainforest of the whole property. And there was no way you was getting through those bars. Like, yes, they had bars. They weren't even windows you can open. See? This is a real thing. So I'll go back there. I'll go back to Manuel Antonio. They they understood what was going on. But yes, I digress. <laughs> Physiologically, during that freeze response, which I was experiencing, you might notice your body becoming very still. Your breathing might slow down or even hold. I definitely held my breath. And you may feel disconnected from your surroundings or your body. This detachment is a protective psychological mechanism, helping to reduce the emotional impact of a threat. Some people describe feeling numb or as if they're watching themselves from outside their body during a freeze response. I can relate to that. Now, understanding the freeze response is essentially because it highlights the complexity of our body's reaction to stress and danger. It's a reminder that not all stress responses are about action. Sometimes they're about conserving energy and minimizing harm in situations where we feel powerless. Recognizing the signs of the freeze response in ourselves can be a step towards addressing the impacts of stress and trauma. And by acknowledging this response, we can begin to explore strategies for grounding and reconnecting with our bodies, such as mindfulness, deep breathing, or guided imagery, which we will actually dive into later in this episode. Now let's talk about anxiety and panic attacks. Anxiety is like the body's false alarm system. Sometimes our sympathetic nervous system misinterprets a non-threatening situation as a threat, causing an unnecessary fight or flight response. This is where anxiety comes in. A panic attack is an intense wave of this response. It can feel overwhelming and frightening, like my experience in the back of the taxi in Thailand. When I first made it there, I was very anxious. I was coming out of a time, actually, no, I was still in that time of feeling very depressed and anxious, and I even actually questioned whether taking this trip, but I felt God tell me, you need to take this trip, go for it. So I went with a lot of faith and just making sure I was mindful of my body and how I was feeling. Now, psychologically, during a panic attack, you might experience rapid heartbeats, sweating, trembling, shortness of breath, a feeling of choking, chest pain, nausea, dizziness, or a sense of unreality. It's your body's overreactive response to perceived danger, even when there's no real threat present. And that's exactly how it felt in the back of that taxi when I left my bed and breakfast for the first time to go into the town and into the city and walk around and go get a massage. I was I was doing fine. I felt fine. I was like, I was so relaxed. I felt safe, but I was experiencing a panic attack and had to talk myself down, do my deep breathing exercises. 
I really had to switch into gear there to catch myself because like I'm in a completely different country. I don't know what's going to happen if I have to go to a hospital or go to a doctor. I need to get this under control. So I use my experience and everything I know about how to help bring yourself down from that. And it took about, I want to say, you know, it felt like 15 minutes, but it was probably a good seven, eight minutes. And then finally, my body started to relax and my heartbeat, you know, started to decrease. And I was able to get back to where I wanted to be and in that moment. And I enjoyed my time the rest of that day. It was it was an amazing day. It was awesome. I did everything I wanted to do, saw what I wanted to see, and got the best massage, probably like top two, top three massage I've ever had. And it was only 15 bucks. And I've had a lot of massages around the world. I'm going to have to have another episode where I talk about all the countries I've had a massage in and my experience. But there's a counterbalance to this. The parasympathetic nervous system. Our body's brake pedal. It's responsible for the rest and digest response. After the danger passes, it helps calm the body down, slowing the heart rate, relaxing muscles, and returning the body to a state of balance. This is what I was trying to do on my own in the back of the taxi in Thailand. It worked, but it took some time. Understanding this physiological response is crucial. It reminds us that anxiety and panic attacks are not just in our minds. They're in our bodies too. And this is where practices like guided imagery and deep breathing come in. They help engage the parasympathetic nervous system, promoting relaxation and countering the body's stress response. Now, by learning to activate our parasympathetic nervous system through relaxation techniques, we can better manage stress, anxiety, and panic attacks. It's not just about calming the mind. It's about calming the body too. Remember, if you're struggling with anxiety or panic attacks, you're not alone. And it's not just all in your head. It's a real physiological response. And there are ways to manage and improve it. Do not feel ashamed to seek support and assistance from professionals, and you do not need to figure it all out on your own or simply deal with it. We sacrifice so much of our happiness and joy by trying to work through things that are not meant to be handled alone. Thank you for joining me on this episode of 7 by 35. Remember, every journey, whether it takes you around the globe or into the heart of your own life, is a journey worth taking. I'm Daphne Clark, and I can't wait to share the next chapter of our adventure. Until then, stay curious, stay open to new experiences, keep breathing, keep learning, and keep journeying.